0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday,
1: I will call upon you to do a service
0: for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Just take a moment and let's just expand the universe a little bit, shall we? Spoken For Audio Productions presents... Legends Library. I got a bad feeling about this. You will find that it is you who are mistaken about a great many things. You must unlearn
0: what you have learned. You're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view.
1: There's always a bit of truth in legends. And now here are your hosts, Lisa Mountain and Kyle Rollins.
0: And welcome to Legends Library. We are the podcast dedicated to the Legends line of Star Wars books. And I'm Lisa. And I'm Kyle. And we're here today after a little bit of a long hiatus, um, but we're here today to talk about X Wing Rogue Squadron, so book one of the X Wing series. We're we're going to finally we're going to finally attempt this one.
1: It's been quite a while, so I'm glad to be back in the game with you, Lisa. And yes, we're going to take down the first installment of Rogue Squadron.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, just to kind of, you know, listeners to wonder where we've been for the last few months. Um, so recently, like, well, not recently, a few months ago, I decided to basically order 66 My Relationship and kind of start life over uh, a little bit differently. So that really kind of just like set me off on a a self journey, you know, like Darth Bane, you know, having to go into the the Valley of the Dark Lords and things like that. Um, I definitely listened to a lot of Darth Bane while I was riding my motorcycle. Uh, and then later on in the summer, I may or may not have uh, <laughs> come off my motorcycle in a rainstorm and fractured my, or microfractured my knee in a couple spots. So that was basically the rest of my year. So I went from that situation to that. So <laughs> it's been a lot of self-healing mentally and uh, Physically, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I'm glad. I'm still glad you're all right. That was that was a scary time, Lisa.
0: Yeah, I wasn't too happy. And the worst part is, like, we were actually going to record the night before, and then I was like, "Well, I'm going to do this motorcycle trip tomorrow, so you know, let's postpone it." <laughs> so, so this yeah. episode, guys, was like months ago in the making, and um, all that stuff happened.
1: And it's just—it's been the theme of of the year um Lisa had her horrific accident and then uh I also went through a pretty significant breakup and then right at, shortly after Lisa had her her situation one of my friends also passed from a motorcycle accident so that kind of put me in those dark wells of Corbin as well yeah and uh yeah so we were both kind of KO'd for a little while there but we're back
0: we're back and we're here to talk about Star Wars
1: Yes, we are. <laughs> and
0: I have to say, I've, I've been missing it. Um, I have read this book three times, but it's definitely been the longest book it's taken me ever to read for Star Wars. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like it's, some books like I've read in like a day and a half. I'm like, it's so good. But this one, I'm like, well, life struggles <laughs> and <laughs> everything else. <laughs>
1: I think it was the pacing to be honest because there's a special place in our hearts for for this era of Star Wars, this era of the way that they wrote the sci-fi for us yeah. at that time. And when when things are so tumultuous in our personal lives, getting into the flow of that is just difficult.
0: Yeah, exactly. I definitely can concur with that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that's a political way to put it, right? You know. <laughs> Politically correct way to put it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It's our nice way of saying things here on Legends Library. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, before we get into it, I, we did want to talk a little bit about some news. So, Kyle, if you could, uh, let's talk about the announcement.
1: Oh, yes. I have very exciting news to share with you today. Um, it was last month or so, perhaps longer than that, that I was invited via proxy through Joe and Jorno to join this group called the jedi conclave and uh they're also uh known as the jedi praxium um they're synonymous but they are an, a nonprofit organization who is gathering funds and spending a great deal of their time to bring us a true specifically legends star wars convention Yes, yeah, a Star Wars convention that will be based in Baltimore, Maryland in the year 2023. It's going to be quite a special occasion. I believe that these people are more than capable of bringing this off the ground. I'm, I've been very impressed from what I've been hearing so far. They're very organized. They are a formal nonprofit at this point. Um, you can find them on Twitter. You can find them on Reddit if you if you type in Jedi Praxium they will come up uh yeah it's it's very exciting times and at at the end of the of the broadcast i will provide specific addresses to reach them okay if you're curious about anything going on with that it's going to be great it's going to be 2023 baltimore maryland put it on your calendars for that summer
0: hmm. and uh we'll we'll post a link of like where you can donate is is that what it's going to be like people are going to be donating or for fundraising it or what is it
1: there's going to be that there's going to be memberships yeah. which will involve exclusive star wars mem- memorabilia that they are trying to put together at this at this very moment yeah yes and ho- hopefully discounts to do other things within the community as well there, as as details release, I'll be sure to keep you appraised, Lisa. Of course, and in, in which also, Miss Lisa very well may be joining that board of directors. Yay! Yes, which is another announcement in itself. <laughs> the exactly. so Legends Library will be uh, in cahoots with with the Jedi Conclave slash Praxium, yep. and we shall hopefully have quite a pivotal role in the development yeah. of this Legends convention and it's going to be uh definitely a unique occasion that cannot be missed
0: and i will 100 percent be there uh, yes
1: providing from canada can get
0: across the border
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes
1: and hopefully people from around the country will be showing up because that seems to be what's going on at the moment that's yeah. the buzz is yeah exactly. the members of the board will be will be coming it's it's going to cause quite the stir. And I don't want to give away anybody who will be there as of right now, but vendors are also apt to apply if they wish to participate. Mm. Uh, again, I will leave you the contact details at the end of the show.
0: I'm very excited. And, you know, hopefully we get some listeners coming out and saying hi, and maybe we can do our own panel or or even just kind of like a, a group meet up afterwards. We'll see what happens and, you know. How many listeners? Maybe three, because I think we only have ten.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so. they're just as important as a thousand.
0: Every single one of them. Absolutely. Yes. So yes, and thank you for listening to us. And I know it's been a while, so and I'm very happy and excited to be back finally. Um, in my in my dark times, I did write a little bit about Darth Sana. so I'm kind of playing around with that character and
1: seeing what uh, what she's all about. Yes. And I must say that, Lisa, you did leave on a pretty good note as well, though, with that epic episode with Alan Dean Foster. So even though there has been a hiatus of Legends Library, what a good cliffhanger before. Oh, thank
0: you. That was such a fun interview. And he's such a lovely man. Uh, it was pretty fun talking music with him. Uh, so if it, if listeners, if you haven't checked that out before or checked that out, you know, maybe go back and take a listen to that as well. And then, yeah, we we do have more news, but we're gonna save it for another episode when it's like we have got a little bit more information to share and a little bit more time, and it's it's gonna be very exciting. Uh, we'll we'll just leave it on a another cliffhanger. <laughs> 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 um, but I I did want to talk briefly about the fact that there was a the new video game that's coming out, which is Eclipse, um, and I you know I was excited because anything really kind of. Star Wars, obviously, I'm always going to be excited and watching, you know, I don't play the video games myself because I'm not uh, someone who's ever played video games except for one level of Vader Immortal. That's it. That's all I've ever done.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I always watch them. I watch it in like when people play it and post it on YouTube, I watch it in, in real time and things like that because it's just I want to know what happens and things like that. Um, but... There was kind of just some information that came out on Twitter. I saw that Star Wars Explained posted it about one of the guys involved in the project in um, in the company in Montreal, which he doesn't sound... And I'm not happy about this, because it's like he said he said a lot of things. He's caused a toxic work atmosphere. Um, and it's just it's disappointing that they hire someone that is going to do this. So like he was saying that, and excuse my language here, I'm going to quote him, Um, that all women in video games are whores. So it's like, okay, so that's already your your mindset towards half of your audience. Okay, great. Um, He was also, so it was a lot of misogyny, um, anti-gay comments. Um, He would put pictures of his employees on Nazis and like Photoshop them and things like that. And like some people quit because of this. And it's just like, man, Disney, is this really what you want to keep tying yourself to? And and you were saying to me earlier about something with one of Harvey Weinstein's employees.
1: Yeah, uh, forgive me. I can't remember what show she's directing out of the 20 that are supposedly coming out, if they come out. Um, but it's the one that's supposed to be set in the High Republic. So okay. I, that, that was its own bit of news that's a little bit old at this point. But yeah, it is upsetting. It is upsetting that, that she was the chosen one to go forward and direct in the show. Yeah. Given what we know about the Harvey Weinstein institution.
0: Well, well, it started the Me Too movement. And it's just like, especially like now today, with everything that's going on and like women's rights are just getting even pushed further and further back. Like, look what's going on in the States. Look what's going on in Afghanistan. And even this book addresses things like that, where, you know, like it was a very sexist anti-women and anti-alien, kind of environment and you know, like and it continually keeps happening. And it's just like how are you gonna keep women interested in Star Wars if you're if you're gonna have this kind of thing and people are going, I'm not gonna play the video game now because of this guy. And it's just like I wouldn't want to buy anything from, you know, a company that would have this as like obviously we can't control or or know this kind of stuff. But like, come on, it's like it's public knowledge. All you gotta do is just like Google somebody's name and then don't hire them. Like, not that
1: hard yeah i think a, a proven record of uh comparisons to nazis with your employees is a pr nightmare waiting to happen so i also don't know why they would go forward with such yeah. a character there are certain things that you can't do because of of the platform that you're on exactly
0: yeah the
1: social media doesn't necessarily matter for the most common layperson person and whatnot but when you are leading the charge for a multi-international project such as this, I think that those kind of things should be considered, especially given the times and especially given the political situations that they have continuously forced the fan fan base to subject themselves to.
0: Exactly. Absolutely.
1: I'm, and I am biased, but I am trying to remain as objective as possible and yeah. just look at what look at the facts and what I see keep my own opinion out of it but this is it's it's really difficult to to remain that way.
0: Yeah. Like I'm I'm not normally this opinionated saying like don't follow something or don't do it because of this reason but it's like for me it's just like it's just another thing against women at this point that I'm like come on. Like I'm I'm tired of it. Like it's just there's no reason for this to keep keep happening especially this day and age but yet it's just continuing. Um, and I just find it very frustrating. And like one thing I noticed significantly, so we've talked about this before, I'm a, a big follower of the Star Wars Tops card trading app. And yes. um, sometimes they do some stuff for women, but it's only when you really like push back and they were doing this like monthly event thing where they would have like character of the month. And for all the months they had one female and it got to like eight male characters and one female. And I kept like, calling them out on it and i even put it on twitter and they just ignored me being like why are you only featuring male characters like you know you only did sabine at one point and i was like what like what there's a disconnect and like that's what i'm saying you need to address the disconnect and why you're doing this and why you think it's okay because obviously you think you don't think it's a problem but it is a problem so that's why, like this video game, it like it irked me, and I'm I apologize, listeners, that I'm going on a little bit about this, but like, come on, just knock it off is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me just enjoy Star Wars because I want to enjoy Star Wars, right? Like, I'm here.
1: And I get it. <laughs> and and to get back to the the topic of the game actually coming out, I'm very excited that the community is excited. It's not my cup of tea because you already know my feelings on the matter. With when it comes to what's going on now versus the oh. LucasVerse, but at the same token, um, it is difficult to get excited over a cinematic trailer because that's anybody can make that look amazing. Who knows what the actual game is going to be? But I am glad that the the community is has something to look forward to. Unfortunately, yeah. it's mired by the political associations tied to it. Yeah. But trying to make you know a little bit of of light here on the matter for well, fans who who are excited about the game.
0: Exactly. It does look a little like Nemodian kind of base. There's the villains.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of theories going on. I was yeah. looking at the fact that I'm pretty sure that some of it just reminded me of, of the Alien anthology. But I mean, who am I to judge? those kind yeah. of things i'll keep my opinions out of it but I, you know, it was like okay okay i enjoyed the the music that they put along to it that was cool cinematics hey, I were was, kind of expected as any I other video game that's out there now
0: yeah i was excited and then i saw that on twitter i was like oh boo like, <laughs> 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 so yeah
1: Oh wow! Well. Yeah, I'm I'm more excited about the Coda remake that they're doing, but I'm afraid that they're just going to destroy it by altering the game itself and the core storyline, which I'm sure is what's happening. I've purposely been trying to stay away from the news and the the power battles going on on social media when it comes to yeah. that game, but as a whole, that seems to be more exciting to me. Hopefully, as long as they don't completely butcher it, um, in terms of the video game world than what they're doing currently. But that's that's just an opinion. Nothing against any fans who are excited. I'm very glad that you're that you are excited and looking well, forward to the new Star Wars games because you deserve it after that whole Battlefront <laughs> <laughs> situation. <laughs> you deserve it.
0: <laughs> was it Jedi Fallen Order you're saying, or was it Battlefront? Well, yeah, Battlefront,
1: right. Battlefront the was, was the price uh price
0: increases, the secret costs
1: and all that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, that was the most incomplete, expensive video game that you could buy. And just to get two maps, you would have to do $15. I mean, I'm talking when it first came out, I'm sure things have evolved. I haven't really been staying up in the video game world. But I did uh spend two hours playing that Fallen Order and it, and people will argue with me because of course the mechanics aren't the exact same and yeah. it's not the exact same carbon copy. But this game has already been done by the Star Wars genre that arguably did it better, in my opinion, given the times that they had and the mechanics that they had to work with. I think yeah. they did a better job at their time with when it came to Lucas Arts. You know, so I think that they already made that video game and they were just kind of cashing out on the exact same thing that's been going on for the for years. Wasn't really anything innovative to me. I did really enjoy the character from. I forgive me, I can't remember his name. He was on Shameless and he also played the Joker on Gotham. The oh. the red haired gentleman, he yeah, was very. Yeah. It was very nice to see him be involved in that universe, and I actually enjoyed the art book that they created for it.
0: Oh, the character Kestis. I know that, but
1: yeah, the art the art book was ironically made by Dark Horse, isn't that uh, strange?
0: You know, that's I, pretty cool. I like that.
1: Yeah, it was very strange. If you look on their their uh, their listing of of novels published uh, or graphic novels, comics, and whatever. Fallen Orders there uh, after a couple year hiatus and it's just it was very interesting to see that. Try yeah. to bring out some positives with what they're doing with the video games instead of just going on a montage of <laughs> how disappointing well, that it's been because that's a separate podcast all in itself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't do podcasts like that anyways. But, mm-hmm. um,
1: exactly. Keeping it light. Keeping it lightly said.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I I thought I saw something in the news again about Dark Horse. Um, maybe it was to do with that about how they were doing something, and I was like, "Ooh, cool," you know. But I, it was only just like in a feed, and I didn't click on it, so it was probably that.
1: Ah, uh, hopefully it's better news than what happened with Scott Alley a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know that. What was that? Uh,
1: that's old news. We'll we'll discuss it later. We're okay. gonna it light.
0: <laughs> okay. Sounds. He, good. he
1: doesn't merit any more of Legends Library's time. I already mentioned oh. his name. that was already giving him too much credit. Let's just leave it. <laughs>
0: Okay, you'll have to explain to me later because I'm totally on the outs of this one. So
1: I will, and maybe our listeners will look it up and also understand why we're just going to move along.
0: Okay. <laughs> move along. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, I think that's, you know, what we kind of want to cover for the nudes for the time being um, after I I ranted a little bit and you ranted a little bit, so. Uh. <laughs>
1: oh, and also um, we are in the final editing run for Supernatural Encounters with Joe Buongiorno.
0: Oh, yeah. Please elaborate on this.
1: It will be released early 2022. I would be very excited. The book will be fully available on Joe's website. Please expect updates if you follow him on StarWarsTimeline.net. Also, Matt Wilkins over at TheExpandedUniverse.com is covering a lot of news on supernatural encounters as well as as we get it. So keep your scopes on on that novel because it's going to be coming very shortly and it's going to be mind-blowing.
0: And how long is it so far?
1: I am at liberty to say that the book surpasses a thousand pages. That's a lot. I'm sorry?
0: That's a lot.
1: Yes, it's a <laughs> lot to look forward to.
0: I'm very excited.
1: For yes, every, many, everyone many- should be. <laughs> but yes uh, it, it's there has been recent news on that matter as well to discuss before we move along and I don't want to harp on it too much because I think that people are simply waiting for people like Joe and yeah. my my fellow editing partners who are working yeah. on this project I feel that people are waiting for us to say negative things in pushback but that's not our way, so there will not be nothing negative said. However, there was a discrepancy on social media with one of the members of their their uh jedi or their uh, Star Wars story group, and it has been handled and resolved online with tr- full transparency from mr bongiorno yeah. so if anybody is feeling a certain way about any of that I I hope that you can see where Joe is coming from and please feel free to reach out to him or myself at darn Tarn on Twitter. If you're curious about anything that you've been seeing in social media as of late, and I'll leave it at that, but please.
0: stuff. I haven't, I don't, I'm terrible with social media. I think everyone knows that.
1: (laughs) It forced, it forced Joe to be more transparent than any other author that I have ever known.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And the the facts are out there on the internet. The proof yeah. is there and if people um and I guess I will just say it, if if Wikipedia wants to be difficult, then that is their right. That is their association, but they are not the law of Star Wars. I oh. will put that out there as well. And I will leave it at that because I don't want to garnish any other negative attention directed at the subject, but it is a shame If people can't see the greatness of the project that is Supernatural Encounters because it is made for the fans, well, is being worked on every day by a very dedicated group of people for free to enable them to have the story that they needed, that they deserved, that obviously the current administration is not interested in telling nor ever giving them. So hopefully they can see past everything and they can appreciate the project for what it is. It's for you, it's yeah. for the fans.
0: Exactly. Well, I mean, I have nothing but excitement for this project for a multitude of reasons. Um, and then, if anyone wants to know just kind of a little bit more about what Kyle is talking about, uh, he did have. We have an article on our website, LegendsLibraryPodcast.com. Please go read it and read any of the other articles um that I put out there because I don't write a lot on there, but when we do, it's pretty awesome. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and you've made the website look so amazing that you well, really should thank check you. it
0: out. It took me like parabs and
1: I'm
0: very <laughs> slow with this kind of stuff because I'm not very well. As Kyle knows, I'm not very technologically capable in certain things. Other stuff, amazing. I can do a lot of stuff. But yeah, my 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 dark side comes out very quickly when it comes to like, oh, no, no, that's not what you need to do. You need to do this. And there's 8,000 steps. And I'm like, no.
1: That's the reason, everyone, that yes, the video podcast will be coming exactly. to various formats. But for now, we are sticking to simply the audio <laughs> formats. But we are ready. When when Miss Lisa is ready to push through all of those thousands of steps, we will get there.
0: (laughs) Okay, just to to give everyone context, we spent a day, it was a whole day from, like, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. trying to set up everything on my computer, and it was so many steps that, like, and Kyle has the patience of just, like, R2-D2, like, it was just, it worked perfectly, but, like... I could not handle it. I was very, like, Hilo in some moments of, like, I just want to destroy this elevator. <laughs> 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 like, so, you know, and I, I always, like, respect the fact that, you know, I'm sure your patience comes a lot from your, your job that you do. So, um, so I thank you again for working <laughs> through that with me. But by the end, I was like, I can't handle this. And we didn't even end up recording after all, <laughs> all of
1: that and it's it's okay, and you're so welcome, Lisa. <laughs>
0: Thank you, yeah, we just haven't even finished it. That's the worst part, guys. Like uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> We'll get there
0: <laughs> So we're going to take a little short break before we get into our audio or our podcast, which is going to be all about x- Wing row squadrons. So coming right up and we're back. So today we're talking about X-Wing Rogue Squadron, which came out on January 1st, 1996, written by Michael A. Stagpool. Um It starts 6.5 ABY, so we get, you know, a bit of our um, post-Empire kind of stuff into the story. And this is the first time I've read the series, so it's been pretty interesting for me to start so far. Um, It's different and it's significantly different because it's all about the pilots and has nothing to do with Jedi, which is pretty neat. Oh, yes. What are your initial first thoughts leading into this book?
1: My initial thoughts going into the book was it's been many years since I've read the series, and I remember very much loving it. Yeah. And being far more excited to see everything that was tied to it within the new Jedi order than the actual experience of reading these books cuz they never were quite my favorite. I know okay. that they're they're milestones within the within the community, but I do they do have a special place in my heart.
0: Yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah, and basically this this book is like the start of the, or the reformation of Rogue Squadron. And obviously we we all know Rogue Squadron from um, the original movies. Oh, yes. And the significance of that, and obviously, you know, Rogue One, and blah, 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 blah. Um, But basically, this book is, like, the equivalent of Top Gun, which I still haven't watched yet. (laughs) I was going to watch the trailer before we recorded, so I at least kind of, like, understood what they're talking about. (laughs) But, like, I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But I know that's about Tom Cruise and all about wearing...
1: That's okay, sunglasses.
0: Lisa. <laughs> it's all about sunglasses and planes, right? And like, this is pretty much what this book is about, too. Uh,
1: <laughs> sure. That's you know what? That's that's a perfect way to summarize Top Gun. <laughs> and don't forget the modern hat that you have to wear. that just simply says Top Gun. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> so, starting into this story, um, let's just quickly. I'm going to run over the the, the dramatis personae. Um, Mostly because a lot of these characters have like maybe one or two scenes or one line, and we never really hear from them again in the series. So, on Rogue Squadron itself, we get characters like Commander Wedge Antilles, who's known as Rogue One, um, Captain Taiku Kel- Is it Kelchu or Chelchu? Kel- I usually say Kelchu, but then sometimes I say Chalchu. Um In my
1: mind, I say Celchu or Kelchu. Okay.
0: Yeah, okay. I go with the, the hard C just like Celeborn from Lord of the Rings, because like it's it's based off of like old Latin, Germanic, um, where that C would be, like a K sound. Uh, yes. But he's from Alderaan. Uh, Lieutenant Cornhorn, Horn, who we all know later on in the series, who is a, a Jedi uh, from Corellia, so he is number nine. Oral Krieg, a Gand from Gand. Noir Ven, a Twi'lek from Ryloth. Ryzada Yunir, Is it Yunur? Yuner? <laughs> sure. <laughs> YNR I don't know. Human female from Bespin. Brore Jace, who's a human male from Thyphara. Erysie Dillard from Thyphara. Pash Vristic a Bothan from Botha Gavin Darklighter, we all know who he is from Tatooine. Oh, yeah. Rav a Shistavanian male. Lujan Forge, who is a human from Castle. And Andori Hui, uh, who is a Rhodium. And he's number 12. Uh, we get some, like, side characters. So we get, like, a Verpine, who is, like, all of three lines and doesn't really matter. Uh, M3PO, who's basically the story C- C3PO. Whistler, Corns R2, and Minog, whose Wedge is R2. We get other characters like Admiral Akbar and some other generals. You know, the typical kind of, you know, rebel leaders at this point.
1: <laughs> Borsk.
0: Yeah, Borsk. Yeah,
1: yes, Borsk. <laughs> <laughs> silly borsk yeah uh
0: and then uh, we get some surprise characters but i'm not going to spoil that yet because they're significant later uh, and then the the dark side well not the dark side so the imperial forces so we get izan is is it izan or izan I- izard
1: again in my mind i always say izan
0: okay izan izard director of the imperial intelligence uh, who's from Coruscant as well? Kirtan Lore, who is an intelligent agent from Cherba, General Ivier Deracote, who's a human male from Kala, and then a couple, I added some characters because this book didn't write them down. Um, Adro Devlia, which is kind of like a very on-the-nose dark side kind of name. Uh, human, uh, Captain Ulia Ilyor, who captains the, the black wasp, and Captain Rohan, who captains the Exped- Expeditious. So basically, the story starts, and actually, um, it opens up like the first chapter is all about a simulator game that a bunch of rebel, you know, uh, pilots are are playing, and and what they're doing. So it's like Cornhorn, Whistler, Rosati, Rizzati, uh, Noarven, Poor Jace, and it's it's based on the PC game, the X Wing, um, and they're basically doing the Redemption Run scenario. So it's the battle of Brugia when it's like the Imperials versus rebels and things like that. So they're all, you know, having a great time until somebody like shows up and starts kicking everyone's butt in a tie. And of course that ends up being wedge and Tilly's and everyone's just like fanboying at this moment. Cause wedge is like top, you know, he's, he's the top gun at this, in this story. Is that yeah. a thing? I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: it is now Lisa. <laughs>
0: never having watched that movie again
1: apologies
0: (laughs) um and like you know it's kind of like this kind of very much a lot of this book is about flying talking drinking at the bar and then briefings to like what their mission is going to be
1: a themes that are generally found throughout star wars as well just usually with more themes on top (laughs) yeah
0: like there's other like side plots but there really isn't in this it's just like what the rebel pilots rogue squadron is doing versus that's pretty much it. <laughs> and,
1: and I do enjoy this aspect to it. It really is just military. And I think that spawned its own. Uh, obviously it did spawn its own uh, realm of, of fans as well. People who re- really enjoy the X-Wing series. Also uh, the black fleet crisis was very much written in this kind of a vein.
0: Okay. Yeah and they're they're based on a world so they're on fuller base which is a, a moon of commonore and everyone knows Kaminoor. Uh it's like an old mine kind of system that had once been hit by like meteorites um during like the Sith Empire. So it's kind of like where they've settled their base. And like even though at this point so it's still rebels versus empire like and that's one thing that they talk about in this book is like e- they think that Star War or the the war ended or the Imperials ended when Palpatine invader died, but yet it didn't. You know, it continued for many years, which is why we get this story. Um, yep. So Wedge he meets up and they have a meeting with this General Horton song, the human from Norval too, and he's kind of like this grumpy. Uh, like, how would you describe him? Like. Oh. Like, he's the one who, like, causes kind of, like, no, you can't do this. Like, he's, like, the officer who always
1: disagrees
0: with what you can do.
1: Apologies. I had to turn away from the microphone for a moment.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I, I tried muting. I'm, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> well, what a moment for me to ask you a question, then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course. Can you, can you repeat the question, please?
0: Well, I was just talking about General Horton's psalm, and if you remember that guy, like, he's, like, uh, he just... He's kind of like the grumpy character of of all the generals, like doesn't agree with anything that they do, you know, like I'm too old for this kind of shit kind of mentality,
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> like
0: that that's guy.
1: generally what I caught from him just yeah. a, just a grumbly old man,
0: yeah so. but like another part another aspect of the story, which will come out soon, you know, and you have to be always suspicious of all these people, so
1: Everyone. So they're talking,
0: yeah, exactly. So they're talking about the reformation of Rogue Squadron, and they're kind of deciding the characters. So like Gavin Darklighter, and and you know, and they're they're like for sure like his appearances of what he just did in that little you know simulator, it was pretty good. But obviously the best one was Corn Horn, for obvious reasons. And the, and here's where we were introduced to Wedge's executive officer, or who he wants to be the the XO officer. Um, which is Taiku Kelchu, and this part of the story, I just couldn't really follow along with, like the blame and the the hate that they put on Taiko. Um,
1: I wasn't a fan as well. I
0: yeah. know we're
1: not there yet, but the situations that they would put him through simply seemed so extreme for even the rebels to to exactly. put someone through. You, you know, regardless of whether or not they were part of the Empire or not. It didn't really strike me as very exactly. Uh, New, uh, You know, yeah. it didn't really strike me like New Republic values, but that's what we got.
0: Yeah. So if you want to explain basically why there's this suspicion upon this uh, pilot.
1: Because Tel- Telchi was formerly an Imperial pilot, and to put a long story short in a nutshell, discovered that Alderan was uh, destroyed by the Empire, and and that was his family. And he he did decide to leave the empire and join the rebel cause for very good reasons, and was constantly looked upon as a turncoat slash spy. They were yeah. very fearful that he was a spy and that he was he was there for all the wrong reasons. And it it, it did felt rather shoehorned in the way that they brought him in, and it seemed like a definitely an over exaggeration of things Absolutely. because. I'm I'm struggling to remember the exact story and how he proved that he could be, you know, a very
0: yeah. beneficial
1: member of the Alliance, but he already did it. Um, well, he
0: was already one of the OG Rogue Squadron members. Like, there really wasn't much question about him. But then right. what happened was, like, he went to do another mission and they, he got caught and then on Coruscant, but escaped in recent
1: exactly. Years. So that's exactly. why' so, like we
0: don't trust you. It's like, yeah, but he did what every amazing officer did is he escaped
1: exactly. And so i I kind of felt that the time that we spent in the story, investigating him and being wary, like I, I understand that you had to have somebody else to suspect to keep the mystery afloat. Yeah. but I think that it was a little bit overdone.
0: Yeah. And immediately, like, General Psalm, it, like, rejects the idea of having him as oh, yes. the executive officer. And he's like, there's just, there's too much, like, too many things. And Wedge is like, well, Tycho's agreed to, like, this absurd list of stuff that, like, you know, will, he won't, like, he'll eat where you say, he'll eat what you, like, want. Um, he won't have any lasers on any of his ships. Like, any, like just all these extremes, like, constantly monitored and agrees to all of it. And they're like, mm, okay, but that's still not good enough. And it's like, they did all these extremities to one guy, but, like, not to the other people. Uh, right. And
1: not to get ahead <laughs> of you either, but when they, they put him out in active fire without any weaponry. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's insanity yeah they're fighting against ties and he's like can't help you and because like they're more concerned about him shooting him it's insanity.
1: and they're they're still looking at him funny after that point so
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> again maybe that's why it was overdone a little bit
0: yeah so <laughs> yeah this clearly didn't bother us at all <laughs> at all <laughs> uh, yeah and, and like, target. yeah, they're also going to check his emails and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, you know, like they're really going to be like check, like check mark, all is done. And Akbar is like, yeah, no, he's a great guy. And Salms like, yeah, maybe this will satisfy my suspicions, but I doubt it. Um, but when it, you know, there, there, there's something out with these these guys, but. Let's turn now to the Imperials. So we go to the Expeditious ship, Imperial ship, which is a carrot class light cruiser. Um, And within the bellies of it, in the detention cells, we we meet our kind of, um, you know, because of my motorcycle thing, I watched The Office recently. uh, (laughs) Healing. And uh-huh. it came to me yesterday that Kirtan Lore, the Imperial Intelligence Agent, kind of reminds me a little
1: bit of Dwight Schrute. Yes, Pennsylvania <laughs> <you> represent. <laughs> 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 now I can't, I can't look at the character any differently. <laughs> Thanks for that. That made this a lot better. Actually, I wish you would have said this last year when we started reading this. <laughs> almost well, last year anyway it's
0: like a motorcycle crash to for me to come to this epiphany so.
1: <laughs> fair fair well at least there was positive out of the whole thing
0: yeah exactly yeah one thing oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> so Kirsten that's a good way Mark, to put it yeah all right go on <laughs> I, uh, I i always like to look for the small positive out of the many negatives yeah uh, so Kyrton lore in the detention cells, like at holding cell number three, is he starts to inter- interrogate a wanted former colleague. Now this is kind of where the story gets a little interesting. So we learn that um, he worked alongside the Corellian security. Um, like he was still the Imperial, but he worked with them. And are they bas- They're basically police, or how would you kind of like FBI? How would you call them? <coughs>
1: Yeah, I would say that the uh, the, uh, the term FBI would be analogous to it.
0: Yeah, okay. So he worked alongside him, Gil Bastra, who's the man is currently being held in the interrogation cell, and Corn Horn, and Kiersten really developed this whole like Dwight Schrute kind of. You know, <laughs> hatred towards these men and and they would always like undercut him and disrespect him and like just humiliate him in the office like day to day and it got so bad that they all decided that they were going to like fake their deaths and get the hell out of there (laughs) (laughs) so like that's how much they did not like this guy basically (laughs) So, yeah, that was my moment of like, oh, that's who he is. Um, but so, there, you know, Kyrton's happy. He's got this guy. He's finally caught him after two years, finally caught him. And But he doesn't know that, like, Yolbacher took, like, this, ton, like, taken a bunch of this lotramine, which in like, a drug that basically will counteract and make you have an allergic reaction of when you get put into um, Bacta.
1: Yeah, which was a great uh, reversal of the cyanide kind of tactic, huh?
0: Yeah, exactly. So they, like, torture him to a point, but then when they put him in Bacta, he dies.
1: Uh, It was very cool.
0: Yeah, So, but, like, he has this whole line of, like, you know, I'm going to break you, and, you know, the last thing is going to be me, and then, like... Gilbaster's like, when I'm dead, I'll be laughing all eternity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you went out like a G, I must say.
0: Yeah, you definitely. Like, what a way to be like, haha, you thought you're healing me, but you're killing me. Yeah, that's jokes. Um,
1: yeah. There was an
0: interesting uh, just a line in here though that Kirtan Lore says when he goes, "Vader was the last Jedi."
1: Right? Uh, that was you know? all, that was a very uh, interesting remark that i met because we've we've talked about this before as far as what is public knowledge when it comes to anakin and it's it's always somewhat a gray area depending on uh, the point of view
0: exactly yeah like because he's in imperial you know and kind of like in a division where they look up information you know is it because of that or was again like is it public knowledge at this point now that like, we, you know, in the in the new canon, obviously, we see that that does happen to Leia, where it wasn't known. And then it was brought into public light, like, decades later, and people were shocked that she never disclosed it, as she knew. And, like, so, like, obviously, to, like, keep her own reputation, she wasn't going to admit to that. But, yeah, like, how much was known? It seems like it's known.
1: Yeah, in the EU, it was... I, I still believe that most people understood that Vader was their father. Yeah. even if they don't understand even if they don't understand that Vader was Anakin per se.
0: Well, but then there's also the fact that just being the only Jedi, they all the public knew was the Jedi for many centuries and the Sith were gone. And so they didn't know about the Sith because the Jedi didn't let people know about the Sith because they didn't want more Sith to be around. So why let that knowledge be, right? So, and
1: it's it, with with the uh Imperial propaganda machine, it's very difficult to understand exactly what the 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 Galactic populace believed
0: exactly. So it's just an interesting line for it is with many interpretations of what that could be, yep, yeah, so back at Fuller Boy base, sorry. <clears throat> so Korn, he's working on his Corsac x wing. so he's it's kind of weird like he's part of or about to be, he's part of the rebels, but he doesn't fly or use their equipment. He has his own ship. Um, and that's where Whistler, Whistler came with him as well. And he immediately gets chastised by Jane Forge, who's the human female from Kessel, saying that, you know, like, did you target me during the, um, the practice scenario we were going through? Because it seems like, you know, you deliberately attacked me. And he's like, uh, what? Like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And her whole thing is like, Well, because you're Corsac and what you guys do is you always throw, you know, anyone from Kessel to you is a prisoner because that's what Kessel is known for is basically being like the Australia of Star Wars, right? You know, you put all your prisoner (laughs) in in one spot.
1: No offense to any Australian listeners.
0: (laughs) Whatever. They know what they are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stay out of this. This is between you and them now.
0: (laughs) Just read a history book. It's not like it's not. But her point is, like, my parents were put into jail, so are you treating me like I'm a prisoner because I come from a prison colony? And he's just like, man, you're so out of line. I'm just super antisocial and spent the last two years, like, not talking to anyone. So,
1: you know. Do you also find that that scene in particular was kind of just shoehorned?
0: A little bit, yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, that. Def- I mean, I- and again, I'm glad that the dialogue was able to keep me engaged, but I, I was definitely a little bit blindsided by that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I just thought it was a really weird thing for somebody to randomly walk up and accuse him of that when he was just like, "I'm just working on my ship right now." Uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> Can someone pass me that wrench? Like, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, like she's not kidding. Then finally, he's just like, "No, like it's that's not what it is. Like I'm just." doing my job and being an ace pilot, basically. And she's like, okay, I accept that apology. But you you still need to come to, like, our down downtime, which is the local bar, where they spend a lot of time in this place. So you kind of like, all right, I agree. Um, And then they meet, so you meet Oral, mostly at this part of the story. And there's this whole long conversation about, with Gans, if you want to talk about, like, the namings.
1: Oh, I loved it. I, I know that it's confusing, uh, but that was actually that's the the alien lore of Star Wars. Those aspects to to the EU that I really enjoy, and the whole social position and who you're speaking to, as far as your surname and what name what name you use, that's that's a very foreign concept to us Westerners, but it's it's an ancient concept in the other parts of the world, and I thought that it was really cool to see that displayed in the Star Wars universe as well. And the Gand were really mysterious and I I these are things that are built upon on their lore in particular over the year, uh, over the years. Not only in the the Dark Horse comics and the Bounty Hunter novels and all that kind of fun stuff, but if there there's a funny section out of Coter 1, I believe, it may have been two. forgive me, my my mind is a little foggy, but the Gand operate in much the same way and you know, our we we learn in that way that our our friend here in Rogue Squadron is kind of out yeah. of the norm, if you would, for being a little bit more social due to his occupation than most of his uh, fellow compatriots seem to be. But they they're a very quiet group. They talk as a collective. They're very secretive, and it's a very it's a. I think that this helped. Obviously, it did help because uh, it has kind of established their lore, develop a really unique species. For us to enjoy in the Star Wars universe.
0: Yeah.
1: And I really felt for him when the scene arrives later on when we talk about it. I really felt for him.
0: Hmm. Yes. Um, I also, for some reason, I I told you this last time was uh I forgot that he was a gand and I got him. <laughs> With a yeah. different species, and for like the first time reading the book, I pictured him as a wholly different species. Until you mentioned something, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And then I was like, "Oh no," um, it was like the ones with the three eyes. I the grand. Oh, I thought he yeah. was a grand.
1: <laughs> so a little different.
0: Yeah, it was like super different. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that must have been from our last book that we covered, dark dark rendezvous. Yeah. yeah. Max Leem was a grand, and we we spent a lot of time with that species.
0: I don't know why I did it, but yeah, eventually. I, yeah. But it was only until you told me and I was
1: like, Oh no, that
0: <laughs> totally changes everything that I pictured with that character. Um, so yeah, then they go to downtime, the pub, and they basically talk about like the flight scores and who beat who and wedge introduces himself a little bit more thoroughly. Um, we do get a little bit of like Corn's back history, for a moment. So like his dad Hal Horn, uh, who wait, yeah. So who investigated? Um, who killed Wedge's parents? So like Corn and Wedge have obviously like a little bit of a, you know, a personal relationship more than others. Agreed. Yeah.
1: And I I like I enjoyed Hal's involvement here as well. Um, and his his story and what's going on with him is, is further explored in other short stories throughout the EU as well. Yeah. So that's there's more context to it for fans who enjoyed those references and whatnot to the Quran fa- or to the Horn family.
0: Yeah. I definitely wanna know more about their family. Like does he have any kind of inclination he- in the force or is that Obvious, or is this something that only came about with Korin?
1: Well, can you rephrase the question?
0: Well, I mean, like because eventually with Korin, he develops force powers and becomes a jedi.
1: oh, oh, that was not the way for for his father, but interesting, yeah, but th- th- and there is there is um there's more connections that were discovered with the halcyons as well with the horns we can get that's like a separate episode altogether we'll get there with the family tree and yeah and uh mr coran here
0: yeah so we have a little funny moment now when um we learn more about coran and what happened to him um when tree the 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 c3po droid or whatever m3po um basically says like oh by the way you have like a death what is it like a death mark on you,
1: death mark. Yeah, I believe that's what she said.
0: Yeah, he said. Yeah,
1: or he See, said. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, um, uh, and he and like Corrin's immediate reaction is like he's laughing, and like all yeah. the people around him are like, "Why are you laughing? That you have a death mark on you?" And he's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Yeah, you've got like you're wanted for six murders." <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, he but, still
1: acts pretty nonchalant about it. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, I'd be like, whoa, hold on. Like, it's not what you think. I didn't kill six people. But in, instead he laughs, being like,
1: ha ha, yeah. Right, and wasn't it odd that the same kind, of, and even though it was disproven and whatnot, wasn't it odd that the same, that now marks of murder were looked yeah. upon and kind of just easily shoved off more so than anything when it's concerned with with uh Chelchew.
0: Well, yeah You're isn't sorry.
1: that strange like
0: <laughs> yeah like well that's what i mean Corin has a death mark for and wanted for six murders but like no one's watching him and they're watching at me. all
1: like
0: come <laughs> on and that's what i mean like it's the double standard where is it where are you drawing your line like i don't understand um anyways but like so he laughs and then explains that no he didn't actually kill six people he was one of the six people that you know he's killed but it's all of them as um all the people who left the office to get away from Kirtan Lore basically. Uh, so he, he gives a little bit more of like a, a back kind of like this guy's this guy who's got like this heart on for Tarkin. Um and you know <laughs> and even Kirtan talks about like <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but like but Gil Bastra like publicly accused like Corin of the murders and things like that. So anyway so um but, like, it's, like, not really a big shock to Korin, but it's kind of a shocking for other ones, and then, like, and things like that, but... Oh, um, we do we do learn that Corrin's grandfather was also in Corsac, and Vader even um used Corsac, like, resources, so he met Corrin's grandfather to hunt the Jedi.
1: It's all very symbolic, huh? Yeah,
0: it's all big circle.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll have to do an episode just on the family trees.
0: Oh, that'd be a really good one to go into.
1: Yeah, I think that Corrin's would be substantial alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I concur. Uh, so Wedge. Now, so back to Wedge. So like, he's talking to M tree, and there's like this funny moment where he's like, "I wish I had a sister that I could like dump this droid off of." Like, obviously, what Luke does with C three P O. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and they're just mostly talking about like the fight exercises and things like that. So, like, again, like it's a lot of just like talking throughout the story. You learn some stuff, but like you don't really know what else is going on in the galaxy. Like, we don't know what Luke's doing really at this point or Leia or any of that because like we don't really talk about it. Like, they just they briefly mention Leia or like, you know, it'll be Wedge thinking about Luke for like a moment. Um,
1: Which but was it was kind of refreshing, right? That we, it was it was developing the lore in a completely different way, and at a time that there really wasn't all this information. So, yeah. it's kind of painful. <laughs> That's a bad word to use. It's kind <laughs> of um, it can be off-putting for a little bit if you're not into technical specs of things. Yeah. but it's one of those hindsight uh, paramount novels in regard to developing what we conceive of when we think of star wars and ships and in battle. Mm. It was important for its time. Yeah. However difficult it is to get through for fans who are not exactly interested in every single aspect of
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, not sure. everyone sits around and writes jot notes about a whole book like I do. So, like,
1: <laughs> but you know, there are there is that that section of fans that are dedicated heavily to blueprints, ships, exactly. all that, and this is right up their alley. So,
0: exactly. So that's and, why, like, I'm happy to talk about this series because, like, I don't think a lot of people talk about it enough. Yeah,
1: everyone seems to have love for it, but we don't actually get into the meat of it anywhere. It seems yeah. I've been looking. I've been looking and. Yeah, you know, lots of dead threads, but so that's why I'm glad that we're we're coming back to it as well, and also I'm so sorry that this is kind of uh, I'm shoehorning a little factoid in here by the way as <laughs> sure. well. I just wanted to kind of bring to light that Joe Bongiorno gave him gave the author uh, the timeline because he created it before he wrote this book. So I just wanted to sh- shoehorn Mister Bongiorno's efforts into this whole novel as well. well before that's we get a- back great. into the story,
0: I like that fun fact. That's good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a little out there right now because, you know, we're trying to get to get to the uh, story here itself, but I yeah. figured I would throw that out there a little bit.
0: Yeah, so moving on with the story. Moving
1: then. on. Moving on, <laughs> Moving on. indeed. Uh,
0: so they, they do another kind of, like, exercise and after they are saying, like, okay, you guys are the official members of our squadron, let's do an exercise. Um, and Corn goes first and, like, does this, like, kick butt kind of move that everyone's like, yo, that's what we need to do. Uh, and then copied him but then Wedge also said yeah actually that's what you should do to like get through this maneuver Um, and then everyone officially beat Corrin's score and he came last even though he was the one who went first and like solved the problem and he was like super embarrassed and you kind of feel bad for him where he's just like oh I don't deserve to be in this squadron because obviously I'm not that good if everyone else so easily beat me
1: yeah, I remember that that situation.
0: Yeah, but then you know the squadron comes to him. Well, actually, it was um, Delar Dalarit who comes to him and just says, like, you know, like it's it's not really what you think. It's like Wedge said, yeah, that's the best maneuver. So we all did it. So thank you, thank you for making us great, basically. And then she starts flirting and hitting on him, kind of. Yep. Yeah, I'm not too crazy about this character. Um, <laughs> it's mostly when you interact with her, it's just her like heavily hitting on him. And that's it,
1: really. <laughs> top Gun. <laughs> just chalk it up to Top Gun.
0: Oh, okay. Is that what happens? Great.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs>
0: but like she herself is an interesting character and that's why like i feel like they devalued her so far in this story um so she's basically known as like the bacta queen aka like uh her family owns it the industry so she's like mad money right yeah Uh, and they're like she's the best one to have on our side because she can get us all the bacta
1: we need yeah and, and i enjoyed that aspect of it too the decisions that were um utilized to pull this the squadron together were actually political, yeah. not necessarily skill. Okay. I'm sure that they had to be like the best of their region, but do you remember that angle to things that they like the Typharans? They okay. they pulled they pulled people from particular groups of of uh, famous rebel allies. Okay. To, to create a uh,
0: So like Dark Lighter, because of the legend named only, really.
1: Right, and that to strike the fear in the hearts of the enemy. So the so, yeah. the sociological, uh, and fear.
0: Okay. No, that makes sense like it makes sense because, like, when you look at her as a character, you would think it'd be odd that a female who is like an heiress essentially would be a pilot, where like your success rate is like very low, and like you're most likely going to to, to perish doing this as a job because you do maybe four or five successful runs, and on your tenth, you're dead.
1: Yeah. And it's so it's all that... it's like testaments to each of their characters, you know, because yeah. if with if for her she's putting that aside to fight for the cause and then Quran is actually turning that down knowing yeah. that that's solid money right there. It's you know, <laughs> which is that's a character trait too. So it's it's a, an interesting if not kind of cheesy way of uh,
0: well, I mean giving us also... character development. Yeah, his also, like, reason for not pairing up with her and coupling it's, it's he didn't want to have to, like, be distracted and have his, his mind elsewhere while they're in the battle. Because, obviously, you're going to be more upset if somebody kills that person that you're having a passionate affair with. Like, I would be upset, too. So, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, they could have just had her a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more is what I'm trying to say. I think Maker, that's
1: a fair. Yeah. Fair statement.
0: Yeah. So back at Imperial Center, so Kirtan Lohr is being shuttled in uh, a shuttle, Objurium. Abjuri- and he's like super rude to the pilot. He's like cursing and swearing at him for like no reason other than being like, oh, you made a very, you know, inaccurate left turn or whatever. You know, you listed gently to the left.
1: Um, being Dwight root.
0: Yeah, being Dwight Schrute that he is. Uh, oh my God, he really is. <laughs> now that I see it, uh, at least I've got a voice now for the character in my mind.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: so they're heading to coordinates: so Tower Seventy Eight, Level Four Four Three, Bay Two. And the pilot's like, "Oh, the only time I've ever gone there was to bring Vader." <laughs> So Keurden's like, you know, a little bit of a like wedgie in his pants situation. Like, I don't know what's going to happen to me, but that seems super serial.
1: Yeah, and the pilot's just kind of like, yeah, that's what you get talking to me like that kind of attitude. <laughs>
0: yeah, you should just shaking the the you know the the ship a little, but that's what I would have done. Uh, yeah. some turbulence here.
1: Oh. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but. This is where, by page one hundred and ten, we've only made it a third of the, uh, a, four, a quarter of the way through the story, guys. I apologize. We meet our villainess, Izan Izard, Izan Izard, the the Imperial Intelligence leader, and essentially she's kind of now in control of the Empire, sort of ish. I
1: I would argue that at this point, yeah, she's the the strongest. Benefactor from the from yeah. the empire that that remains at this point in time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like her intelligence,
1: soul. her father. Yeah,
0: like, yeah,
1: it's it's that little mini dynasty, if you would, within the imperial families.
0: Oh yeah. See, this can go with our whole dynasty episode. Ooh, that's what we're gonna call it, dynasty. There we go.
1: Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect.
0: Um, but but yeah, like she obviously like. She's in charge, but no one else is really there to really be, like, a counterintuitive leader. Uh, But her interest, like, in the Empire is not to be the ruler, like how Palpatine was Emperor. Like, she just wants to restore the Empire. And then whoever should be the actual leader would be the one in control. Uh, Which was a refreshing
1: take when you look at uh, Dayala, you know, because people seem to be confused with that. And it's just that they are completely separate characters, not fighting for the same goals at all.
0: Yeah, exactly. If she doesn't seem like she has personal vendetta. She just does this as a job.
1: For now. We'll for get now. there with her character, yeah.
0: Well, I'm sure, yeah, everyone develops an enemy at some point in this book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it, and it's her just mostly saying to him, like... um Oh, but she betrayed her own father, didn't she? Yes. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, again, more thing more stock for our dynasty episode because yeah.
0: <laughs> that is pretty, pretty interesting, yeah. Um and like it's just basically her telling like Kirtan Lore of like um, you know, like she's questioning him on like what happened with Gilbastra. And you know, like, why did he die? And obviously it's your foolish mistake that you did this and I had more expectations of you, Kirsten Lohr. Um, And he's just like, oh my goodness, you know, kind of pooping his pants up. Like, I'm a little nervous, but she's like, but I have bigger plans for you. Like, I'm going to make you be the one who hunts down Rogue Squadron, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she's like, she's famous for her eyes, right? One blue and then the other not being real.
1: Yes, the uh, the David Bowie eyes and the Rogue from X Men hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, <clears throat> and she definitely humiliates Ke- Kirtan Lore pretty good in this. So like for oh, all yeah. that stuff he's been doing to people, she like does it right back at him, and just like, no, you're not that smart. Like you, if you had done things, um, you would have seen that Gilbastro was going to basically run away if you had actually been paying attention. And not sleeping with Angela in the storage warehouse. <laughs> there we go. That's an office reference.
1: <laughs> that was a good one, too.
0: Thank you. Um, and she does have an interesting line here as well. She So she goes, the Emperor likewise assumed that if he destroyed all the Jedi Knights, that his Jedi Knights. So I think this goes kind of goes back to the line that everyone maybe just thinks they're all Jedi. And a handful of Force-trained special agents would be sufficient to control the galaxy. He did not see, though I warned him, the impossibility of proving that all the Jedi had been destroyed, and that no other Jedi could rise against him.
1: Powerful statement. Very powerful. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, she's. I, I think she's going to be an interesting villain in this story. Um, you know, like her goal is just to destroy the rebellion and restore the empire. So it's like a it's a refreshing take on the early stages of what Palpatine would have wanted. Um, and people then she say, also, yeah, exactly. Say
1: there weren't there weren't female characters in in the old You, and it's like get over it. Are you serious?
0: Well, again, like same ruled. How could you put down women in in Star Wars when you got an admira like Dahlia? Uh, Leia, well, you know, just tune into our Women's of Star Wars uh, or Women's of Legends episode where we had our guest host Jay Krebs and you can hear us talk about all the amazing women characters. In. It
1: was a very fun episode.
0: That was a great episode. I had so much fun. Uh Izan as well. So she reveals to Kirsten Lore at this point that she has a source within Rogue Squadron. So there is a spy. So now we kind of go, okay, okay. So that's why Tycho is really getting a lot of heat on him. But then why would there be heat on him if somebody who doesn't put the heat on him knows that there's a spy in the squadron, right? <laughs> so right. That's, you know, like, there's a lot of reasons, like, we can be suspicious of people. So, like, at this point, you know, I was suspicious of the droids, so m- M3PO, m um, the Verpine, because they only had one line. And Psalm, General Psalm, because he just doesn't seem trustworthy. But obviously, it's not the main guys. Like, we know it's not Cornhorn. Um, or if it is, you know, he obviously has a redemption moment, but obviously, it's not a Cornhorn.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Um, Not Wedge, because Wedge is Wedge.
1: Right. You would hope not. <laughs>
0: well, I Seems mean. Like-
1: Seems like a dead giveaway, even for the times that the book came out, that it was not going to be wedged, right? So. Yeah,
0: like if you, I think if you were to make the spy wedge, fandom would have just like burned down the publishing house. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think so too.
0: <laughs> just not having it. No. Um, so back on Fuller, so they're out for another flight, and Corrin's kind of like lost in thoughts while well, he's flying, and you know, and they're speculating like where they're going to be jumping, because like we don't they're not always told ahead of time, like where they're going to be going on their missions and things like that. But they're, they basically have been pushed up at this point saying, you know, like, and it was, um, it was Bors Fela who had persuaded them, you know, or, or at least persuaded mom Mothma, cause he has her ear to help get the deployment of the road squadron going and much to like wedge and Akbar is kind of like, they're not ready. It's only been like three months they, or not even, it's been like one month of training and they need at least three.
1: Right, and here you can see the early manipulations of the Bothans, yeah. and and I I enjoy the fact that everybody seems to be poking at the Bothans during this book as well because we're we, you know we're we're told to look at them in one way, given the cinematic universe, but then here yeah. we see the meat of what was going on, and it is interesting that Borsk and Crayfe were both in that same room that they met with with Akbar yeah. and everybody, so. Yeah knowing how everything plays out in the future of of the verse i think it was really cool to look at this as the the start more or less for borsk and all of his crazy machinations that really did do a lot of damage to the new republic from the get-go so it's an interesting way to look at it now that we know the end and the beginning you know
0: yeah exactly um and we we are you know, we do get some reveal that they're going to Tala which is the fourth planet in the Marob system, uh, a farming colony um, that had once at one point been destroyed by Vader because they helped the rebels. So it's, you know, you're so right with like what you're saying, though. It's like seeing Boris coming in and you know starting his his like persuasiveness and like having the ear of mon mothma like why is it that they had her attention so much like it's very interesting for that um and then you know like what we see with them later on obviously like in new jedi order it's almost
1: like a rasputin effect you know almost
0: Ooh, good character analyst yeah i like that thank you
1: thank you thank you thank you yeah, and um, he, he always gave me those vibes. And then it, it, that that thought came to me when we were reading this book. It's just like, look at this guy right from the break, right from the you know yeah. almost beginning. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're so right. So, mm-hmm. um, so they so they're jumping in space now. So we got the squadron going out, and they suddenly, accidentally, um, surprise like run into the space where an Imperial interdictor, the Black Asp, is waiting. And they're like, oh, whoops! You know, all these ties are coming in. So it's like, basically, the first fight that we get in the book. So a little bit, finally, some excitement into the story. Oh, and
1: it was talking, so good too.
0: Far <laughs> scenes. Um, yeah, it's it's a pretty good scene, and like. Um, Corin like his starboard engine gets hit by iron blast and like his, his stick like jams into his breastbone so he's all like knocked out and he goes into like a flat spin and whistler's like freaking out and like, <laughs> you
1: know,
0: like it's 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 pretty intense. Um and like hits his helmet and like but like shuts off somehow I think he shuts off the engines or if you remember.
1: I believe that's how it went.
0: Yeah. So basically like he has to manually land his ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. So that's pretty intense. This whole scene, but then like he can get his ship basically rebooted by Tycho.
1: Right, who was out there without any weapons? I believe if that was the scene, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. He's like all <laughs> behind them, as like I've got all your backpacks, guys. Like while you're fighting, like I'm, I've got yeah. it. <laughs> medic, medic. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, "Don't worry, Corin. Like I'll just like, r- you know, turn it off and on again and your ship will be fine." And like the sensor digitally like they I don't know, turn back on. Um uh, and Corin then at that point blows up like two ties um with some missiles and or like and so he actually like he got the most hits, but only because Taiku saved him in that moment. Right? Yeah. So it's an intense scene, so thankfully Tycho was there, even though no one trusted him. Right. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about when they're in the Retrix sector. So they're on the world. Is it Chorax or Korax? I don't know. It's like Blorax. Um,
1: it's first. I like the, to say Korax, but like, yeah. it's it's up to interpretation yeah. at this point.
0: Yeah, so like also Unless you this... can get
1: through that awful audiobook that they made for it, then you know, we could get no. the spelling that they use, but <laughs> Yeah.
0: I did not. I I did start the audiobook, guys. Um it's there if you want to listen to it. Uh, it's abridged. So I did not enjoy it and I just didn't enjoy the production, I have to say, so I turned it off and I never listened to it. Which is unfortunate because I love listening to the audiobooks. I think they're phenomenal. Pieces of art um, that everyone should definitely listen to the audiobooks for Star Wars. You know things like Darth <laughs> Plagueis. What a production! If you haven't listened to it, oh my goodness, listen to that. And I push it, it all the time. But wow, that is what
1: a, quite the production. That is. Yeah. yeah. Daniel Davies, right?
0: Daniel Davies, yes. Oh, who yes. plays Who plays the butler in the Nanny guys? <laughs> I've talked nah. about. <laughs> exactly. I love that show.
1: So. <laughs> She shares my birthday. Did you know that? Did
0: she? Oh, that's
1: yeah. Funny. It's it's like the strangest people to share my birthday. Fran Drescher, Mark Boland, um, Buddy Rich. It's very strange. But go on.
0: Uh, Napoleon died on my birthday. Oh. Uh, but also, guys, my birthday is Revenge of the Fifth. So hair flip there. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> Dark Lisa. <Yeah.
0: laughs> So, on the Tauric sector, so everything's fine, but, like, Korn, even though he had, like, kind of rebooted his ship, like, he was still, he needed to be carried in, and he was picked up by, uh, by the Pulsar Skate. And this is where things get interesting in the story, for, for Korn at least, because we find out it was piloted by Mirix Tarek. And we all know who Mirix is, that is, eventually, spoilers, his future wife. Woo! Um, Ooh, you know, so we, you know, I was a little like, oh, when we got her in the story, uh, I didn't <laughs> know we'd be meeting her so soon, essentially.
1: Uh, it's it's nice, right? Because we finished a, lot, a great deal of the end of the EU. So now you're seeing her young yeah. for the first time, you know, yeah. in this setting anyway, with with Koran, where it all yeah. began because we were just at that scene it seems what a year and a half ago when they were both crying together because of Dayala. Um, and now we're be- now we're to the front to the beginning
0: <laughs> exactly yeah like my last kind of moment with her was when she was wailing seeing her children mounted on the wall in carbonite like that that I don't think I'm ever going to forget that like mm. it just it definitely haunted me as a
1: still one of the most chilling scenes from that entire series
0: yeah and then she decks the guy. I love that. Oh, yes! So. <laughs> so she's got spice. I like her character, uh, obviously. Um, so if you can give a little bit of a back history of who she is and why they would not get along.
1: Who would not get along?
0: Horan and her. The Terex and the Horns.
1: Oh, completely opposite. Again, this is part of our Dynasty episode coming up because they're they're so intermingled in the future. But booster boosts <laughs> you know he's more or less like a smuggler slash criminal, however you want to interpret his character, daughter thereof standing right here in the same room next to more or less like we called them the f b i for for a analogous term, but Corsac is you know that that region of space police force, like you were talking about earlier, who and they're all from the same obviously the same planets, so you have a cops and robbers situation, you know, except for now we have the, and, and, and their fathers both had already had plenty of entanglements. And now we have their offspring right up at the front. So it's kind of a, a nice little romantic interest. You got conflict, you know, you got differences of opinion. So opposites attract. So that's what we're seeing. And it, yeah. it works really well.
0: Very Romeo and Juliet. Exactly.
1: Very much. Very much so.
0: Yes. Um, except they like clearly don't like each other at the start. Um so like when right. he realizes it was her who brought it in him in, he was like, just polite and you know, kinda like, Okay, thank you very much, you know. And
1: Not the Empire th- changed everything for both of them. So Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of forcing them to have a common enemy.
0: Exactly, which obviously strengthens their bond. Uh, and she's not happy, like, when she realizes who she brought in either.
1: So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the funny part of it, too. Um, but, you know, they kind of have this moment of, like, uh, you know, s- slight conflict. And then, you know, Wedge at least defends, like, Booster, who also helped track down the pirates who killed Wedge's parents. Right. So, like, you know, like, Wedge is like, I can see why, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's all good. Like, And, like, obviously she's mad at him because her his dad arrested her dad. So it's all about like the, you know, the families and
1: things. Like that. Yeah. And everyone now being a criminal. So it's all irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. exactly. Well, they're only criminals until they can get their capital worlds back.
1: Right. Right. And that's, that being said, but each one of that, each one of these members of the squadron and anybody associated to them are all typically felons. And that's the whole fun part about the rebels as a whole, right? <laughs> yeah. And Rebels.
0: like I, exactly. yeah, I like that Corin doesn't admit to wedge though. He's like, I think I would have been nicer to her if I had known that, <laughs> like, she like her dad actually did stuff to help, like you know, like like, yeah. <laughs> like my bad, my bad. Um, so anyways, but like there's kind of an interesting moment here. And like so I like this though. Wedge did say that Mirax is kind of like a sister. So, like, you know, kind of foreshadowing, like, I think you two would get along really well together, you know, kind of thing. Haha. Uh, yeah,
1: but yeah. I'll destroy you. <laughs> I'll
0: destroy you. Oh, goodness. Uh, so there's this moment with tree, the droid, where, like, he gets ditched by Wedge to Korin, and Corin's like, oh, man, now I'm stuck with this really talkative droid. And, that, like, you know, I think that's what they always do with those kind of 3PO droids. You're like, you just don't want them around. Um, but he's complaining that he needs some parts for his ship, and is like, well, we can't get you parts because you officially haven't signed your ship over to the, the Rebellion. So, like, in theory, sorry, you're on a huge, long wait list to get these parts. Uh, instead, like, if you sign your ship over, you know, you could have it maybe tomorrow. And Corrin's like, I don't want you to do that. Why can't you just, like, scrounge the parts? And then the droid has this weird, like, eye-flashy moment. And, like, you know, all these sensors are kind of, like, you know, wh- whirling around. And and Corrin's like, uh, buddy, are you okay? And then, like, switched. Like, his mode switched. He's in a different kind of mode. And he's like, I'll get you those points. Consider it done. And, like, Corrin's like, did that droid just wink at me? <laughs> 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 So it's, like, this weird little moment, and, you know, this also adds to, like, the mystery of, like, what's going on behind scenes and, you know, like, the spies and things like that.
1: It also Um, adds to me that that undercurrent theme of droid intelligence speckled throughout, not necessarily every Star Wars book, but it's a very large theme that kind of goes unnoticed. Absolutely. But go on. I don't want to deter you any further, but I just wanted to. I
0: so agree like droids are very always overlooked um you know because it's they're just so used to having them they don't really think about it anymore whereas like we as a society that doesn't have that kind of you know best friend companion that could save me from a burning fire like uh you know we would notice that
1: and it's kind of funny too as time goes on like that's how we are looking starting to look at things because our freaking fridges talk you know our our toasters are on our wi-fi system so we're kind of getting that mentality
0: yeah.
1: you Sounds know like,
0: <laughs> except me because uh, i got my phone from like eight years ago
1: and... yeah <laughs> you know it's like oh the toothbrush is talking just shush up already and it's kind of the same mentality that we're seeing through through these kind of things i think yeah <laughs> but go on go on yeah.
0: <laughs> continuing on mm-hmm. uh so basically it's like all right they go to bed and everything's fine um so more on back to the Imperials. So on the world, right. so in the Ratchuk system, in a mansion, Kirtan lore, he's hanging out with his Admiral Diblia. So the first appearance for this character as well, who's like a short kind of bulbous, you know, gray haired kind of the typical Admiral at this kind of for Imperials level. And they're just chatting um, about like the black Asp recent flight. And, you know, for the reason of like lore's presence, um, essentially, he's there to, you know, to start tracking down the row squadron, and he suspected that, like, Devlia um, was discomfort in the whole situation was not, was also because, like, this female captain that was the captain of Black Ass, and Devlia was, like, not comfortable talking to her about the whole situation, so it was like, uh, so this is where we get, like, the beginnings of, like, the bias towards female characters and females in any kind of military uh, role or things like that. Like I didn't really notice it until this particular series I found anyways, um, because most of the books I had been reading at that point was like female Jedis and things like that. And like, you don't really get that kind of sexist mentality when it comes to Jedi because the, she's a Jedi. She can kick your butt no matter what you say. Like (laughs) So. And the,
1: the empire at this point in time, you know, because under Palpatine, things were a certain way. So you're still having those who are more modern um when it comes to their their thoughts and and ways that they conduct themselves versus the old school, I think, in this yeah. situation. So you know, kind of like it's it's reflective of modern times when it's a, it's a generational gap, okay. and you can see that the that the empire is struggling to hold together. So I yeah. think a lot of these a lot of these uh, scenes, I I wonder if it's social commentary um, and social comparisons to events in in real time in that way.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, at this point in the other books that were at least out at that time, was that, from your readings, something you had picked up on before as well? Or is this like... Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, because Dayala had one heck of a time coming up through the ranks, but, you know, she also was able to do it and because things were changing. So the Empire in itself... Did change, and especially once palaeon actually, you know, took control over things. Yeah, um, that's when you start to see when you finally start to see a a a grand change when it comes to the way that females are perceived. Okay. Um, and and you start to see it here too, obviously, because who's given the orders is same. You know, so it's not that they're not there yet at this point, but you can tell that they're still in there. They're still struggling to get to where they'll be in the future when it comes to allowing aliens, uh, females, and all that kind of stuff. It's happening, but it's not happening for everyone. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. Um, like for for me, where it comes to stand, like in the books I've read of this era. So mm. basically, it was like anything before Empire Strikes Back I've read, um, in, but including Heir to the Empire series, um, and then everything else in between that and New Jedi Order I haven't read yet.
1: So I I got a
0: gap in my knowledge um, of the books. Well, like, I mean, I know what happens through Wikipedia, but like, I just haven't read all the books. So like,
1: if it makes sense, it's like Thrawn comes along. First, there's a Sane who's a female in in charge there. Thrawn comes along and when he reunites everything that changes the game entirely. Right. Because obviously he's been employed before all that, but you know, that's an alien basically heading the empire. And then after that, you have Dayala with the, uh, with that trilogy. So it is happening.
0: Yeah. We'll get there eventually. Eventually. <laughs> eventually. There won't be any long hiatuses like this, this guy's again. So don't worry, guys. We're going to be back on top of all this.
1: Oh, yes. Back in, <laughs> back in action.
0: Exactly. So. Oh, Going on, so they're discussing with Captain Ilyor like the the recent basic as they look at it ambush. So it's it's kind of interesting because they said it was an ambush, but mm-hmm. then the rebels thought it was an ambush on them, and then it was like was it a whole like spy situation? And it's like it's just a little like unclear. Um, but they like they don't believe the captain that it was that the rebels attacked them and like that they didn't know this, so they like don't trust her um, and things like that. But he's like, I'm not really worried about like the impact, but he does hear some of like the the footage and then the, you know, they were saying things like over the calm, like rogue, you know, rogue one or you know, rogue eight and things like that. So he's like, Yes, I'm like I'm on my path to finding them. And so he's at least happy um that he's on their trail.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. And he made sure to make note of the entry vector and the velocity. So, you know, starting there, he can backtrack and figure out where they're they're base at this point
1: yeah and we finally see what his true importance is um in the fact that he really is intelligent and he's in an Im-
0: yeah
1: yeah exactly you know sometimes imperials are pushovers and you just follow them and you're like this guy's so linear but this guy actually does have skill so that's yeah. that's a plus
0: yeah, he's just like a little lame, like Dwight Schrute, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you know, Dwight was actually really, really, really good at the job, right? He eventually got became the the manager at the very end in season nine. So it's like, uh, you know, so it's like there's there's a reason he actually is good. He's just Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> he's just Dwight. Yeah. Uh,
0: so about two weeks later, in the Hensaroth system, first also its first appearance. Um, so they. It goes to like M tree getting the parts for Korran, and Oren's like, "Wow, you actually got all this t- stuff for my ship," and was like impressed. Did take two weeks, but he got it anyways. Um, and their whole plan is to go to the small jungle world and to to basically relieve uh, or to track down some rebels that had been lost in like the chaos um, after the havoc. A strike cruiser. Attack them, so they they escape and sunk into a lake. So the rogue's mission is basically go pick up these people um, with the pulsar Skate and the eridan which is a, Corel, or a Corellian corvette. So when they they jumped into the system, uh, that's where like Havoc, the strike cruiser was still there, and they're like oh like thirty six TIE six bombers, twenty four Starfighters. They all come out and it's like rogue squadron. How many members is it? Like eight, nine? I think nine.
1: By this point.
0: Yeah, I think 10 if you consider Tycho, because he's null. Um, Correct. But not like he can do anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's got all that artillery. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, exactly. Uh, So they're doing great. Like, they're kicking butt, and, like, Horn's happy, which is like, don't worry, this will soon change. And it's like, oh, okay, thanks for (laughs) reminding us that we'll, like, die soon, potentially. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So they're back at Telosy, so the former planetary, so the governor's palace. So it's like Wedge, Tycho, um, Captain Affion of the Eridean, and you know, like he's also from Alderaan. They're just discussing more things. So they're talking about like Luke and the Death Star and Clone Wars, and so this is back to our like, you know, it was exciting moment. Now back to talking and just like like, discussing. (laughs) Sometimes
1: dialogue is good, Lisa.
0: (sighs) <sighs> oh i'm sorry guys um <laughs> i seem critical again
1: <laughs> i'm just teasing you
0: <laughs> <laughs> but they're like yeah so they're basically just discussing like the kill numbers and like who ranks who at this point because now they've gone through the two battles um corin's kind of leading but like um brace jor like the thifarian like he's also doing pretty good um but, like, so they agree that because of, like, how things have lined up, that they're, like, they're tied, the two of them. Um, and then all the while, so Kirtan Lor, he's been studying, like, the Hensara battle and things like that. And he's narrowing down at them. And he fi- and he concludes that they're in the the Talisi system. system. Um, it's either, yeah, that or in Tala So while yeah. they're on Tala there's this horrible scene when they're all in bed. And suddenly, Corrin is woken up, and he's like startled awake, um, and like he looks beside him, like Orals, like MIA from like because they they generally court like cordon together, uh, quarters together. Uh, if you want to explain what happened in this moment,
1: yeah, um, they were under ambush and being murdered in their sleep. So that's when they lost the first member of the squadron. Uh, Koran eventually gets his wits about him, and him and the uh, Shistovan, um, what's his name? Uh, I
0: just blanked, hold on, let me
1: look it up. It's okay, it's okay, because the both of them, they kind of couple up together, and, you know, they're going through this facility under nightfall, and taking out their assailants that have chosen to ambush them in their sleep. Yeah. And by the sad conclusion, after... After the stormies and everybody are are taken taken care of, they discover that they lost one of their members. And the irony here, I think, was that she did not die in space fighting Imperials. She somehow died in her sleep, a really yeah. vicious way. So that was that. There was some symbolism there, and uh, you know, I think that it also might be a point of foreshadowing that the Quran simply woke up. Um, I don't exactly. know if that was truly there, but that's my 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 you know, personal fan take on it.
0: No, I agree. Yeah, her death was a ignominious death. Like, it was unprecedented. Um, you're definitely right, because he said he he felt her death. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is, like, one of the, if not the first stage that we see him kind of even do anything Jedi-like. Yep. Um, yeah, because I've been trying to, like, keep track of, like, the moments where, like, it seems like he has something. Mhm like, what I is the th- final trigger, and I think hers, yeah, you're so right there,
1: yeah, thank you <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while, yeah. but it was <laughs> it was a uh, it was one of my favorite scenes within the book because of the reaction from everyone felt genuine, and you know they were doing so good this whole time, and Wedge said that it would happen, but the characters and the readers included would have assumed that that would have happened out there in battle or something completely tragic and screwed up would have happened. And it would have been one of those just, you know, shaking your head kind of situations. But, and that did happen, but in this way, you know, it was, it felt a lot more tragic because she didn't even stand a chance.
0: Yeah. I found the way that it was written though, because it was more or less like a side note later. Yeah. had died. Like, I didn't like that. Like it could have been like, they would have run into the room and had seen her like that and been like struck horrified kind of thing. Um, but it was just like it was only was revealed afterwards that it was like, oh, she died.
1: And part of it's all just I, I I I get what you're saying with that too. And I think part of it is really to convey that that real human experience of war when when things just go awry yeah. and there actually isn't any there actually isn't any moment that you can grasp to it really is just like you just hear that your friend died, and that's how it is, you know, and then you're expected to just keep eating, go back to bed, whatever else happens. you know that's kinda in in a war this gritty, it's sometimes you don't actually even get to see the the real event, you know it's just one more thing
0: just keep flying, mhm, oh, well, that's gonna be in my mm. head as a song. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then they all do swear to retaliate together and like strike back. And, oh yes, like, put the the the, con- the name Rogue Squadron more into public and like so that they fear them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and their reprisal is a little biblical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so, well, their luck doesn't run out just yet. So. Now we get a little bit of a like fan moment where we were actually on home one. Um, So Wedge observes tree's character change. And, you know, he... he, So now it's back to, like, suspicion and normal things like that. So Psalm, Wedge, Akbar, Tycho, they're all discussing the possible leak. Um, And that their security is still tight, but, like, nothing is noticed. And they're like, there just can't be one. Like, how could anyone be, like getting past our defenses or our sensors, blah, 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 and things like that. So they, they don't really know how they were attacked so easily. Um, but all it really came down to was that Kirtan Lore had actually just backtracked where they jumped out of space and made an assumption and was correct. So he was definitely the the imperial to put on the job, even though he like, you know, has some sort of um Shortcomings. So their their next plan is they want to cripple the world Vladette uh, and they agree to that. Um, let's talk a little bit about the funeral. It's it's just very brief in the story, um, where they they drape like a white cloth over her, and then they actually shoot her into space towards a red dwarf.
1: I love that scene.
0: Yeah, I thought that was really cool.
1: You know i I know a lot of franchises adopt a very similar kind of story, but it was really important to see um the formal aspects of the new republic military. and yeah. that, these kind of glimpses into it, you know, there's there's other homages much much the same to it, um, or similar to it rather, in other books. But here, given the times that we actually, you know as fans were able to to finally see these kind of things, it was very cool
0: yeah well we had discussed guys that we're going to be doing this in um two parts so i think this is uh where we're going to take a break in our story and come back in about a week two weeks and put out the next episode how how do you feel about that kyle
1: i think that that sounds great lisa (laughs) <laughs> okay. Good. very excited very very excited <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i'm glad you're excited
1: <laughs> yes
0: so and you're yeah what are your what is your thoughts so far in in this story
1: i i love the book once it got rolling by this point of the story um even despite all of the things that we had to go through in our life to yeah we had to calm <laughs> our own minds to be able to appreciate it. By this point of the story, I was completely immersed, and much like anything, uh, it did not take me much more than two days to just finish the book because I was I was in it. And yeah. and and for anybody listening, please like just because it's not necessarily one of my favorite Star Wars novels, uh, if you put anything else in front of me. I will read it five times versus anything else that you give me just because I do love anything to star Wars. So please don't take any of my little quippy remarks uh, (laughs) or anything, because every star Wars book in my mind is better than, (laughs) than reading any other kind of fiction. So, you know, I really enjoyed the story, especially by the time we got through it. And our, our personal story to go along with it, you know, we were really, (laughs) we were really going through it and, and it was a good time for us to bond and, um, Miss Lisa made me a uh, formal co-host during this time too. So this, this, this story is going to stay in my mind for a long time.
0: Oh, well, it's been a heck of a year. That's for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad we're back. Um, for sure. I, I definitely enjoyed this story. There's a lot of moments where I, I struggled through it, um, cool. Partially because of my personal experiences, and partially because sometimes I would just be like, "Ah, oh, they're at the bar again <laughs> talking." <laughs> well, like, just give me something else. Like, come on. Um, but I know it's book one out of what nine, 14? I can't remember. Ten, who. if you,
1: Ten. Uh, if, if you, you if you include Mercy Kill, which you should, and then which we will, which we will. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. And then one can also argue that. Books out of the New Jedi Order should kind of count, but obviously that's that's stretching it a little bit.
0: Well, uh, why wouldn't it?
1: I mean, it's not formally part of the series, but the uh, the characters from the series are heavily featured throughout the novels. You know, there's 19 NJO books, so there was a couple of them that featured these guys heavily.
0: Oh, sorry. I totally didn't understand what you meant. I thought you meant the New Jedi Order wasn't part of Legends. I was like, wait, what? Like... Oh,
1: oh, no, absolutely not. I it was probably, it
0: is.
1: <laughs> probably one of the most exciting times of Legends, I'd argue. I
0: I, I quite like the storyline. I know it's a long series, but it's a very interesting concept. And mm-hmm. that's why I enjoyed it. I don't not not ever enjoy the Star Wars books. There's certainly some that I struggle through, Um this was a little bit one of them. However, again, like I know it's book one out of out of X amount of books, um, which I'm fine with. And I'm I'm looking forward to getting more into these characters, learning more about Corrin. Um, I'm hoping we're going to see more other other characters. Um, maybe something cool with like Mirax. Uh, definitely want to learn more about Izan Izard because she seems like she's going to be badass. Uh, so I'm all for, you know, strong female characters, obviously, hence my rants during this episode, uh, <laughs> but like, come on guys, I'm ranting for a reason and I'm sure everyone has their own, uh, they see it in, in news and everything like that. So I apologize if it's a little too much, but if it's too much, then why are you listening to me talk? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Anyways, I'm I'm really happy to be back. I'm so glad to be bringing legends back, um, and I'm excited for a lot that's going to be coming in the future. And for our, our next announcements, guys, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, something that's that's going to be happening, and we'll we'll get to that. And we're going to eventually have our new format where we're going to be visible on YouTube, so you can see me with my cats and stuff like that. While while we record. And I do want to do a giveaway because I had announced it on Facebook that I would give away at least a book. Um, I was going to give away the Heart of the Jedi copy. So hopefully whoever give that away to, they don't go ahead and like sell it on eBay or
1: something.
0: For $300. <laughs> for $300. Because uh, I, I will stay true to my word for that. Um, but yeah, so thanks everyone for listening again. Uh, Kyle, if you want to say how you everyone can get a hold of you.
1: Oh, for Sure. Um, you can get a hold of me at darn uh, darncatarn on Twitter. Uh, just use use my name on Facebook. You can find me there. You can get a hold of me via proxy through the StarWarsTimeline.net, but that is mainly Joe Bongiorno. But still, you know, um, you can reach yeah. us through that that avenue as well, and through at Legends Library Podcast on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Exactly. Uh, and also our email, guys, if you ever want to send me an email, I do read them and write them. It may not be immediate, but it's legendslibrarypodcasts at gmail.com. Or you can write to our website, legendslibrarypodcast, uh, com, And just, you know, check out the articles. Um, I'm going to have one out about Bane soon, because I, I think a lot about Bane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you do. I do. Bane, 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 Bane.
0: It's like Bane, Vader, Batman. There's a lot of men in my head that uh, should be, shouldn't be, should be there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and do feel free to check out the Conclave, guys.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: If you do uh, at Jedi Conclave 2 on Twitter, that will pull up their page. And then they are the Jedi Praxium via Reddit. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks everyone for listening. And we'll come back soon with our part two of X-Wing Rogue Squadron. So I'm Lisa. And I'm Kyle. May the Force be with you.
1: That concludes this edition of Legends Library. To join the discussion, please email the show at Library legendslibrary at Podcast at gmail.com. Or comment and follow us on Twitter at Legends Library. Also, if you've not done so already, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars: All names, sounds, and any other related items are registered trademarks and/or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark or copyright holders. Legends Library. There's always a bit of truth in legends.